Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast, the podcast dedicated to simplifying the commercial real estate industry for the masses. Each week, we sit down with industry experts to dissect the many facets of commercial real estate and extract valuable lessons you can apply to your business. Whether you're a new or seasoned business owner or investor, the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast will be your go-to resource for all your commercial real estate needs. Now, here are your hosts, Rafael Collazo and Jeff Walston. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Collazo, here with my co-host, Jeff Walston. How's it going, man? It's going wonderful. How are you doing today, Rafael? Good, good. Um, excited. Actually, this weekend is it going to be Thunder over Louisville, so I think it's going to be fun to be able to go check out um, some of the fireworks if possible. I don't know if they've restricted uh, the ability to go see it, but if, if they haven't, I'm definitely going to try to go check that out. We'll see. I, I heard that they're splitting it up this year, so be different spots and throughout the city. So we'll see. Well, I'm about ready to announce Judy Fox here. She's coming up on our podcast. And the reason why I say uh, skyrocket is because she started out as a chemical engineer and got her master's in environmental and business sustainability. But during the 2008 economic crisis, she learned the power of LinkedIn, everyone. So that actually skyrocketed her into a new venture, the LinkedIn Business Accelerator from allowing you to expand your reach. So what she always says and she truly believes in is what you focus on expands. So, um, and in the business world, commercial real estate, commercial construction and throughout uh, LinkedIn is where you can help grow your business. And she has all the tools in her toolbox for sure to help anyone looking to expand your reach on LinkedIn. And she's done wonders. What do you think about that, Raphael? Judy's great. Uh, she was actually yeah. my LinkedIn coach as well. So she gave me a bunch of pointers on how to properly structure posts, how to properly create my profile. And we dived into this in the episode as well. Um, and then different strategies on how you can strategically comment on influencers' uh, posts in order to help build notoriety within a particular industry. So, And then also we dove into some of the mindset things that she's gone through in her lifetime in order to, you know, bring her to where she is today. So again, like Jeff said, uh, she is high energy, awesome overall. And I think you're going to gain a ton of value from this podcast episode. In particular, if you're looking to leverage LinkedIn to expand whatever business venture you're in. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into the podcast. Welcome, Judy. Uh, as, as always, excited to see you. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, jo Judy has actually helped me with my LinkedIn presence and she's done a phenomenal job. So really excited to kind of learn a little bit about more things that you could do really with your LinkedIn in order to leverage it in order to grow your business or whatever you really want to accomplish. So Judy, welcome. Welcome, welcome Judy. Welcome. Here. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. LinkedIn is uh, ramping up lots of good things. So as of 2021, we're in a good spot with LinkedIn. So let's, let's talk all things LinkedIn. Awesome. That's great to hear. So really what we do on the podcast is we want to first get to know the person that's, that's coming on the podcast. So if you could tell us a little about yourself, uh, you do have a really interesting background. So I'd, I'd like you to kind of elaborate a little bit on that. Yeah. So my degree is in chemical engineering and I got that in the nineties. So yes, that was back when you had to actually go to a library to look up, what do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> and there was no website to Google <laughs> job <laughs> opportunities and I then graduated and got a job. I worked at one point in an oil refinery, and then I worked in gypsum mining and manufacturing of sheetrock. So very familiar with building material and construction. I worked there for 10 years. So I did my master's degree in environmental management and business sustainability, and all of this comes into play because when the 2008-2009 crisis had hit the building and construction industry really hard and I lost my job and that's when LinkedIn came into my life. I feel like I'm talking about a relationship, but it kind of is. <laughs> LinkedIn knocked on my door. I said yes. And it's been a love story ever since. So basically... I realized that if I was going to get a job during that crisis, it was going to come down to, especially being in the construction and industry, like there wasn't that many people that were hiring. So the way you were going to get a job is 
getting in front of people, not in the lineup of all your resumes. So that became a passion of mine to help other people to do what I just did, which I got a job very quickly. And it was because of networking. And it really came down to having two real conversations per day. That was my challenge. And it's interesting when you multiply that out times, I did it for six months because I got a job in six months. But if you really think about it, are you able to maintain two conversations per day? And it's pretty reasonable, like five days a week. So that's all I needed to do. And that worked amazing. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting, your background too, because I actually have an engineering background as well. I was in software for a while and consulting and then dove into the commercial real estate space. So it's really interesting to hear you have that background. And I'll also echo that sentiment with LinkedIn. I mean, it was very instrumental in me, you know, being able to get the opportunity I got originally in the software space was just leveraging LinkedIn. And now that you, I'm a business, uh, independent contractor, really, uh, LinkedIn's more on the, the, the business side of things. And so I'm sure we'll dive into to that as well during the podcast. Yeah, that's how I actually, I got a job internationally through LinkedIn. So, I mean, that's huge, huge benefit to having your resume and everything on LinkedIn. So definitely think, encourage people to think, get on. Yeah. I think what we're all saying is yes. LinkedIn has a platform that goes beyond being your resume yeah. because a resume is just a piece of paper, but it's yeah. almost like you get a website that sells you. Absolutely. And I think it's really amazing if you think about it that way and you don't think about it as what you're receiving, which might be some sales pitches or some, too many people assume LinkedIn operates because of what they receive versus how LinkedIn operates if you own the process yourself and you own the fact that it's truly just really great people that do actually want to create and network with other really great people, but you just have to ignore the stuff that is the stuff that you don't want to see. And that's the same way it is on every social media platform. Yeah. So we're here to love on LinkedIn. And then I guess my next thing was I started my engineering and consulting firm because of having a kid and, and I moved international in 2012. So I launched my own consulting business and it was all because of LinkedIn and all because of those two people per day that I found and reached out to um, or past people I networked with that I already knew in my career, they have continued to pay off to this day. That energy in 2008 and 2009 is paying off even still to this day. Um, when I launched my current LinkedIn Business Accelerator in September 2018, some of my first clients were some of the people I had originally networked with all the way back to, I can track one client all the way back to college. So, oh, wow. Yeah. It's really exciting because everyone needs to network at some point. And that's what I love how to do. Absolutely. That LinkedIn is a huge source for commercial networking for sure. It's an amazing tool. So, excited to hear more about uh, the ins and outs of LinkedIn. So, yes. You said that your transition from like engineering to social media was that you said it was because of your kid? What was that? I think the final tipping point was honestly a toxic work environment. Yeah. So at that point, I was now back in the oil and gas industry. So it's funny how my career, 1990s, I was in oil and gas. And then in 20, 2014, 2016, in that range of time, I got another job in the oil and gas industry. And mainly because I became a single parent. I looked at my life and I said, I should probably get a corporate job again. So I don't know why. It just seems like the, it felt like I was looking and it landed in my lap because of LinkedIn. I was recruited and I was like, this is easy. I only had to do one interview, a solid six figure job. And I felt like there was what that dream of corporate is that it's stable and secure and all the things that we're all told. And it was, but it also, I ended up walking into a toxic work environment that I didn't see coming. And that to me was the final straw. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to make my own business work. And when I looked at relaunching my engineering and consulting business, because I never closed it, I just kind of maintained it and would take on projects every once in a while on a weekend. 
And I relaunched that, but I just didn't have the same energy and passion towards it. So I looked at how did I get all the jobs and network that I did in that engineering consulting business. And then that's how I created the LinkedIn Business Accelerator. Because I reverse engineered what I was doing in my own business to show. It started with just showing one other small environmental engineering business how I was doing business. That's literally how it started. Because I was an engineering environmental consulting business and another small one wanted to see and go through what I was doing. And they wanted to get mentorship of how I used LinkedIn to network to get consulting contracts. That's very exciting. I mean, that's something that draws from your passion. And obviously what you're saying, it sounds like you you love this. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really great to hear and to meet someone like yourself that found their passion and it can help others while doing it. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and I'll, and I'll say this, I mean, uh, obviously your energy radiates when you're, when you're talking about LinkedIn and, and since this is really the, the the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast, obviously a lot of the people that we're talking to right now are in the commercial real estate industry, whether they're you know commercial real estate agents, developers, builders, et cetera. So really, why is LinkedIn such a powerful tool to help you grow your commercial real estate business? Uh, I know you, cu- you currently work with a few that are players within the social media space, so I, I kind of want you to elaborate a little on that. Yeah, so I definitely have like you just said, I'm in that space and I've been able to work with them to show them why it works and why the power of the platform is. And in the commercial real estate space, again, this is my understanding. I'm not in the space. I just know how to position what I am told is important. So testimonials, available properties, And having insights on the industry or knowledge that you can share with other people, which I know you do really well, because that is a huge part of the industry is people don't understand it. So to be able to teach other people and have the platform like LinkedIn available to get some of that content out in the world is amazing. So I would say... Those three things is why you can build your LinkedIn profile to truly drive traffic to the testimonials, the recommendations, the reviews, your work, your available or sold properties, your success stories, because success sells. And then you can go on the platform and create the knowledge, the insights, the breaking news, the, the things that people can, you can talk about publicly, the wins, the losses, the potential stories that you have as a leader. And that just drives traffic back to your profile. So it works really well with commercial real estate. And I think because of maybe the size of the projects and the relationships that have to be built to close some of the deals, it is really, really well built for building trust and being memorable and having a a solid reputation. Because I assume referrals is also really important in your industry. Yeah. In in the commercial space, whether you're a developer, builder, et cetera, I mean, relationships are everything. More so than anyone on the residential side, because you can, you know, you can help your your family member, you know, whoever else to buy a residential property. But generally the people who are dealing in the commercial arena are people who, you know, are business owners, you know, larger corporations, et cetera, that are a little bit harder to pierce the veil of, you know, interacting with them and building those relationships so that you can eventually, you know, consummate some sort of business. So I, I agree with you. I think it's it's a phenomenal platform in order to help you build that notoriety to be able to say, okay, well, this guy knows what he's talking about and then, you know, establish the relationship from there. So that's awesome. Yeah. When I want to add one more thing about the referral part of LinkedIn. Sometimes it's as simple as just popping back up in somebody's newsfeed that already knows you. So it doesn't always have to mean that you've gone viral and you get a hundred likes and comments, but just oh yeah, I'm, I, I was just thinking of you the other day. Or wait, we talked a couple weeks ago and you just showed up in my newsfeed and it triggers me to go, yeah, I do need to talk to you about this opportunity, this deal. Oh, I forgot about that. So that happens so much on LinkedIn. 
And so many, I think you can agree, so much of the conversations truly happen on the direct message side of, hey, let's get on a call. Let's discuss this further. I you just saw your video or I saw your post, but it doesn't always mean that your content is like viral out there, but your content will be seen. It's just a matter of those conversations converting to real conversations. Definitely. Sure. So if, are there any more effective components of like a LinkedIn profile that you could share with us that, you know, even if say someone that is in the commercial realm of real estate or construction per se, uh, if you could pinpoint um, something for them or for what you were saying, is that just in a generalization of in the commercial realm or? I mean, I can take you from like a top down if that would be a helpful like kind of break down each section so the banner image is sure. really powerful to position something so obviously i haven't looked at yours jeff but i know oh it's horrible um, i need to know <laughs> <laughs> but i would definitely look at examples like go search cre go look at Raphael. like what is out there because you can get ideas and what i tell people about the banner image is it should have some converting language or something that you want people to go do, or it communicates between the banner and the featured section. Because the featured section is like a bit of a sandwich of your profile, where if your banner image is actually converting the traffic for people to click over into the thing that you actually want them to do. So if you have a book, <laughs> um, you might want them to see the book in the banner image and then be able to go down to be able to click on the book. So that's really powerful. I know Chelsea Pites is doing that. If you know who that is in real estate in general, I've worked with her. Beth Azor is also connecting her banner image to all of the events that she's coming up speaking at. And that connects well to her clickable links in the featured section, which gives you a clickable link to the next event she's speaking at. So it's really nice to be able to merge those two together. And then another person is uh, Chris Ressa has his podcast up there. And then it clicks. If you go down to the featured section, you're able to click on the podcast. So you kind of understand why I think of those two things together. And in between is just the information we need that kind of convinces us yeah, I want to click on that podcast. Yes, I want to download that book. So the about section, everything that you say about your success, your story, maybe a little bit of your personality. What do you like doing outside of work? I mean, we even want to know if you have a dog or a cat person. Like, we just want to know you're a real human being because we don't really want to hire a robot. We want to hire a real person. And then if you give us a little glimpse, it doesn't have to be a big sentence, but I think it's a fun moment in your profile at the bottom to kind of tell people like, what do you do outside of work? So okay. definitely making sure the whole profile goes down the page in a way that is intentional. That's the main goal. And your copy of your about section, what you write about yourself just make it easy to read and also that we understand what's in it for us. Like, okay. why would I want to get on a call with you? Not because we want to chat, but because you offer something that I, as a reader, turns out I'm the ideal person to read it. And I'm like, yeah, I need to get on a call. So I need to listen to their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I'll even echo that as well. I mean, she did a great job in helping me kind of organize, you know, the image on, on the top and then driving it down to eventually my book and obviously the, the other events that I'm a part of as well. And then also I'll mention, I know we kind of discussed this uh, offline on well, during one of our sessions is the LinkedIn event portion where you can click into your company. Let's say you run a meetup, you can create an event page, then drive people to those events and, you know, generate followers and, you know, people can register for the events and you can capture those, in, in, those emails, et cetera. So it could be a great way for you to build, you know, a platform or at least email, email list, I should say. Uh, to kind of capture that information. So that's awesome. Well, I have to tell you one more thing. 
<laughs> so LinkedIn is rolling out officially as of yesterday. And I know you're like, wait, what day is it? Because whenever this comes out, it doesn't matter. It, you could be listening to this a year from now. Mm -hmm. And what I'm going to say is as of March of 2021, they are launching what's called creator mode on LinkedIn. So it's actually going to convert business on your profile even more because I was working on uh, and you'll remember this, I was like, the power of hashtags is coming. So they are now featuring your hashtag in the creator mode, and that's going to get you more visibility. So if you don't have a personal hashtag, I would highly recommend you get a personal hashtag because that will now become part of your profile. So anyone who yeah. has a personal hashtag is definitely a couple steps ahead. So for sure. So to kind of delve into more of the the application within LinkedIn. I think a big part of, you know, generating profile views and really interest from people is is posting. Uh, so could you kind of tell us a little bit about what makes an effective post? And then maybe on top of that, can you explain a little bit on the commenting side of things? Because I know that's a big part of what you preach. Yeah. So I think of posts as creating a pattern to it. So you open up with a hook. It's either going to be a phrase or a quote or a question, something that the consumer of your post knows what they're about to read. And if you make it too clickbait or too uncertain, like with a bit of a, I don't know what I'm about to click on. We have all experienced that. I don't know if anyone is relating to what I'm talking about. Those websites that make you click through like 30 celebrity photos just to make you realize that they totally clickbaited you. And I have obviously clicked on them because I'm like, what is their before and after of their celebrity uh, <laughs> like something glow up? I don't know what I clicked on. But the point is we know what that experience is and LinkedIn doesn't really like that. So you do want to deliver in a way that is almost event-like. If you're going to tell us what we're about to click on, it's like a little micro event of how to uh, start your first investment into CRE. I don't even know, like how to, how to write a CRE resume. I don't know what's important, but I do know that those type of how-to or four reasons why you want to get started in growing a CRE portfolio. I'm just randomly throwing up phrases here. But <laughs> but these kind of phrases work for the platform so well because then they're like, oh, I do want that. Or the other opportunity, if they don't have time to read it, they may click save or they may share it or they may do something with it so they don't lose track of it. That's powerful for knowledge and for making people feel like, oh, that's great. So you just want to give them a good solid title and then you get to offer your knowledge, offer your expertise in the middle in a way that's consumable, in a way that makes sense, where you actually either teach something, you either open up a curious conversation in the comments like, hey, I don't know how this works. I'm actually curious how could you give me advice? Like you can open up those kind of conversations. Like I could say, hey, I'm launching a project management or a um, some type of software in my company and I'm trying to figure out which one's the best one to get. Can you tell me? I'm thinking of these three. Can you tell me down below either these three or offer me another one? And that could be a poll post. There's so many options. It's the, the sky's the limit for the middle part of your text. And then the close, it's just either powerful to repeat the question because people will get down to the bottom and they'll be like, what did she ask again? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so just either repeat the question or what you want them to engage with or offer something for them to feel encouraged to either support the post or join you at your event that you're trying to feature. You have to just tell people like, here's the link to register. You have to just give clear instructions by the bottom. And then at the very bottom, I like that you're growing what? CRE rockstar, hashtag CRE rockstar. So you always want to pull that out separate from a big blob of hashtags because if you're trying to grow a hashtag, you have to keep it separate. And then you can end, if you want to, with some maybe more visible hashtags like hashtag CRE, hashtag real estate, 
something that can get you visibility into a warm pool of people who have decided they want to see those conversations on LinkedIn. And there you go. The anatomy of a LinkedIn post. Well, that's great. And I'll also add on to that as far as the, the, the building engagement piece, which is more on the commenting side. Um, mm -hmm. cause again, like you were saying, I mean, getting people engaged with your posts is another challenge as well, because you can, you could create a phenomenal post and be, you know, super I know elaborate. you have been, <laughs> well, hey, it, it's, it's a matter of time, but, but anyways, like it's that type of logic. It's, you know, you could create a phenomenal post and, you know, it, for some reason it just doesn't stick or people just don't see it or whatever else. But one of the things that you preach, and I really would like you to elaborate a little bit on this is, is the commenting aspect, like getting players that are already playing in the field and, and having success to, you know, engage with you, uh, because that kind of shows that, you know, they're, they're taking notice of what you're doing and the people who are following them may potentially also consider, you know, tracking you. So if you can kind of elaborate a little bit on that, I think it'd be great for our listeners. Yeah. So I was actually just talking with LinkedIn yesterday, like just yesterday I talked with three LinkedIn employees and it's so much fun. Like, I feel like I'm like, I'm talking to LinkedIn. I like record. I was like, mm, am I allowed to record this? <laughs> um, but I'm not releasing that footage other than the fact that I was just so excited. I told LinkedIn I loved them. It was very embarrassing. But the point is, I would say that they confirmed what I'm about to say, and I have heard it directly from them. They reward conversation. So you going out and commenting does two things. For LinkedIn, it actually tells them who potentially you're commenting on is going to see your next post. They don't know who to show your content to unless you comment. So if you're not out there commenting and you just post, 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 LinkedIn's like, I don't know. Like, thanks for putting a hashtag in here, but we're not quite sure who needs to see your post because you're not telling us in any kind of relevant conversations. So don't try to go out and comment on some big name. Like uh, maybe it's Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm just picking him because I, I like him and I like sometimes commenting. But me commenting constantly on Gary Vaynerchuk is not necessarily going to tell LinkedIn that Gary needs to see my post. Try to communicate in people who are replying back and having a circular conversation. So I notice, and I've worked with all of them, but yes, Barry and Beth and Chris that I mentioned before are definitely all jumping on each other's content because it does tell LinkedIn these are all people having commercial real estate conversations. And so you just need to join in the people who are, it's like walking up to a conference uh, that you're going to and you see a few people outside of the conference hall before the main stage. This was back when we were all in person at events. <laughs> and you walk up to a group of people and they're holding a CRE sign and they're having a relevant conversation. That's what you need to go do. So commenting, is powerful. And then the second part of commenting is it gives you ideas for what you need to talk about in your content so that your content makes sense to the platform. Like there's a hot topic in, in your industry, you can put your thoughts on that hot topic. And I think that's a very powerful way to be on the platform. Awesome advice. It is really good. I might have to start doing that more. Commenting. <laughs> yeah. It changes everything. <laughs> I had one woman do how many, I think five high quality comments and her visibility went up 2000%, five, wow. five comments, but they have to be good quality ones. Like oh, sure. if you walked up to a circle of your industry peers and you just said, Hey, what's up? Like that is not going to do it. It would be listening for a second, which is the equivalent of reading their post, active listening back and then saying, here's what I want to add. And then, of course, then it makes sense when you join a circle of people. Unless people are best friends with you, then you can just say, hey, what's up? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I do that sometimes. Sometimes you can have fun on LinkedIn, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. So we touched base on the posting. Um, so I, I know I'm very guilty at this, but can you explain like the concept of like repurposing repurp content, like how we can get it to, to get the biggest reach out, out of the platform? Because uh, I know I'm guilty. There's what days. is guilty? What are you guilty of? Well, just like repurposing content, just uh, 
you know, I, I posted it a year ago and I'm running out of ideas and I'm, I'm trying to put things out there. So I refer thinking of resurfacing my post from two years ago. Okay. So let's enter into the guilty camp. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be guilty because what I think <laughs> is that there are people who didn't know you a year ago That's and the true. content that you put out a year ago can be resurfaced. And I see people do that all the time. And I have a very good example. Um, Stephanie Stuckey. Do you know who that is with the Stuckey brand of all the rest stops that you, it's in the South. I don't know where in the South. Is it Georgia? Maybe. I don't know where it is. The point is she has a lot of rest stops and they're all called Stuckey's. They're like gas station, grab and go food kind of places, but they're family owned. So anyways, the point is she has a really powerful story, her family story, and she posts her family story like almost a year or two years ago. She just resurfaced the exact same post with the same picture and it went viral this time. The first time it didn't really, it went, got good views, but this time it took off. And it's the same post. And you know why I know it's the same post? Because I'm one of those obnoxious people <laughs> that holds a post on one screen of my screen. And I will scroll down a year of your entire summary. But there's not many people like me doing that, by the way. So I'm doing it for the ability for me to confidently tell you that you can repost something from a year ago. Because there's hardly anyone that's going to do what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and the idea of even repurposing stuff. So, for example, let's take this podcast interview, for example. We've got an hour of content right here. So this is going to be posted on, you know, Apple, you know, uh, uh, Anchor is going to distribute it out to Spotify, whatever else, right? But we could take a snip of this interview, whether it's a minute or two minutes or three minutes, if, if there's something, you know, really compelling about it, and then post it on the social media platform. And now people can consume that in, in a shortened form. Now it's going to attract a certain uh, type of person or, you know, they may be able to get something out of the of that snip. And then now it's like, OK, click below to get, you know, the full podcast interview. They do that a ton with like the Joe Rogan podcast and all these large podcasts. That's exactly what they do. And it works phenomenally for them. So, I mean, I think that, you know, the idea of repurposing content and you do a very good job of this as well, Judy. But um, but yeah, I mean, just because you create one piece of content doesn't mean that's the only thing you can post. You could literally chop it up and make it into 20 pieces of content. And then really all the, all the effort is just chopping it up, which is not a significant amount. And I would add, I see, and I'm just bringing up Gary again, cause he's my best friend, me and Gary, <laughs> but I, I did meet him in person a couple of times, but I would say that I am watching people. I'm watching what patterns are, what's working. And we can learn things from other ways of breaking up content. And a really powerful one is, here's what I said in 2016. And here's what I said in 2021. Like, it's kind of fun to match up two potentially totally different clips and play one and then play the next and be like, oh, I predicted that. Or I... Or what your advice was back then and maybe your, to your future self. It's very interesting to listen to yourself back from years ago. So That's awesome. So, so I guess one of the things that that would, would be helpful, for, especially for people who are just starting out on the LinkedIn, in the LinkedIn realm is, can you tell us a little bit about like, if you were, if you were going to start from scratch, if, if you were, you know, just coming on the platform, maybe envision yourself back in, you know, 2008, for example, uh, what are some of the, the top three things that you would do? to expand your reach on LinkedIn if you knew what you knew now? Step one, I think the easiest thing is to tell you to make sure your profile says you're an all-star in your dashboard. That makes it just easy to know that you filled in the profile to a degree that LinkedIn has decided that all-star matters. And the reason it matters is it just tells LinkedIn that you're using your profile as fully as possible to get visibility on the platform. They don't show people's profiles as much if you don't have the all-star thing. So all-star in your dashboard. If you don't have all-star, then you need to go look in your dashboard and be like, why do, not, why do I not have this? And maybe do a little Googling or hire me. But basically, <laughs> you want to make sure you have that, number one. So it allows you some freedom and flexibility to however you need to get that all-star. And then the next thing is 
to me, the reason why LinkedIn really truly took off was relationships. And I created a favorites list instead of thinking I need to scroll the news feed. I need to decide what LinkedIn delivers to me. Why don't I be more intentional about what I want to go out and engage with, network, because LinkedIn's about the people. It's about the conversations. It's not about trusting the newsfeed and an algorithm to deliver you things. It's about intentionally saying, this person's on my list, on my networking, on my, uh, I don't know what your goal is. Maybe you want to get on a podcast like this one. So you put both of these amazing human beings on your favorites list <laughs> and your target list, and you go make sure you engage on their content. Be intentionally engaging for your potentially selfish purposes, but they're, they hopefully are not just selfish short-term. They're just a long-term, hey, I really liked this podcast, like what they're offering, like what they're doing for the industry. And I know that if I engage long enough, I'm either going to learn something and maybe I'll get the opportunity to be on their show. And that's the thinking that I think is really powerful. So if you have some podcast in mind, like hint, hint, this one, then engage with them and start and start creating relationships because relationships make it easier to start a conversation. We don't like starting conversations from scratch. Kind of, it's not easy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever like gone on a blind date, but it's like blind dating. Mm -hmm. Like networking with people is blind dating in a weird way, but yes, it is. So blind yeah, and, networking. And I appreciate what you said about, you know, being strategic about it, because again, this is something that we worked on is, is identifying those individuals that you want to get in front of that are the, the, you know, the people who are engaging in the space that you respect and you think you want to emulate. And then, you know, just deliberately being on there, you know, and engaging with them in some capacity, because again, everything kind of comes full circle to where, you know, if they start engaging with you, the people that are engaging with them now notice you. And then all of a sudden it becomes more of a, of a symbiotic type of flow. Uh, it's it, like you said, the exact same concept as if you're networking, right? You walk into a circle of people and, you know, it's kind of awkward at first because you don't know anyone. And all of a sudden you start engaging with them. And over the next couple of minutes, you know, you're having a beer or two and you just hang out. And all of a sudden now it's a more, you know, gregarious type of environment. So uh, yeah, the same concept can apply to LinkedIn as well. So. And that's why referrals work. We all know that when we're getting on a referral call, it's a much warmer call. And if you network with your peers and your colleagues and people who are parallel industries to you, like I just met somebody who is an interior designer for commercial real estate. So I was like, that's a parallel industry. It is, they okay. may have relationships that you don't have and they can refer a, a recruiter in CRE. Like there's so many parallel industries. There's probably a legal aspect right? Like I can only imagine all the parallels. So. Absolutely. Well, can you give us an example of how you helped a commercial real estate client in the past? I know you spoke of a few going through here, but is there one particular that stands out or? They all stand out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, yeah, we, you don't, we don't have to choose favorites here. <laughs> I mean, so it's almost like LinkedIn gives you the ability to network that goes beyond LinkedIn. Sure. So it's even just relevant to the current conversations in 2021 of an app like Clubhouse being launched. And I'm hearing rumbles and I've seen it in the news that LinkedIn is talking about launching their audio only part of their platform. Did you see that? Yeah, what? I did. I did yeah. So it allows you... So I would just bring up somebody like Beth Azor, or I'll just bring up Beth. The ability to get on a stage and her ability to network the way that she has on Clubhouse, it kind of, it all stems back to how did you start networking on LinkedIn? That's why I think LinkedIn and Clubhouse made so much sense and why LinkedIn starting their own audio only would make so much sense because we don't always want to have every conversation on video. We could just get so much work done if we actually just listen and talk with each other. And then if you want to take it to a Zoom call or a video, but I almost feel like there's that layer in between. And that's why Clubhouse just shot off to the charts because we didn't have that layer in between. 
So what I would say about Beth, for example, is she has and had and a very strong in-person event type of business to grow her business, her opportunities, the investors, and being able to, because of LinkedIn, pivot and have access to her same network online that was the power. So I think she grew to about 30,000 connections working with her and having just the ability and the clarity to know when the pandemic hit. Because I started working with her back in 2018. It might have been right at the end of 2018, beginning of 2019. I don't have the exact date, but (laughs) I don't know why I'm getting into that. The point is, Then by 2020, she was able to pivot. And so within a year, she grew an account pretty large. And then she was able to kind of pivot to online communication, how to get visibility on her events online. All of that was so much easier by having access to all the tools and knowing how to use them on LinkedIn. And it translates. It translates to other platforms. Being able to show up as a leader, get visibility on your events, translates to now being on Clubhouse, translates to Instagram, translates to Facebook. I just like using LinkedIn because leaders get clients. Like it's hard to take away the fact that the world craves leadership and leaders show up with a different level. And I think LinkedIn brings out the leader in all of us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's my new tagline for LinkedIn. That yeah. and my other tagline I said the other day was like, we're he- LinkedIn, we're here for your whole career. Yeah. <laughs> they're taking pitch, that one i hope you pitch that in the meeting yeah yeah they're, they're definitely <laughs> you, you taking get that some one. royal you should get some royalties for sure i yeah. did have linkedin tell me oh i'm still girl gushing over what they told me but they told me they loved my profile they loved that i was having fun on the platform so they were like we really enjoy that you're having a good time with our platform like yeah and then they told me they liked my audio message that the way I use their tools is not how they intended it, <laughs> but they loved my creativity with using the tools they've given me. So on your profile, everyone gets this. You get a chance to pronounce your name and it's 10 seconds. And I packed in three calls to action within a 10 second message. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was pretty funny. They, they laughed pretty hard. So... <laughs> Coming from the developer space, you you definitely kind of understand that, you know, just because you design something, there's someone's going to use it differently than you intended it. So that's, that's definitely an interesting thing. So I love uh, that. But I, yes, LinkedIn has been constantly, I've been surprising LinkedIn with how I use things. And it cracks me up that I've now had two times of talking with LinkedIn within the past couple of just weeks now, like... LinkedIn's like, wait, wait, why are, how are you using that? So yes, it's, it's, a, it's a more powerful platform than I think even sometimes they even realize. And I think that if you think from a job seeker perspective and what you create and how an entrepreneur, how a CRE industry would use it is different than a job seeker. And it's very, it's fascinating to them. And I really like that. So now that we've kind of touched on a lot of the, the high level points of, you know, growing your profile, growing your presence on the platform by posting and commenting and engaging with people and really having call to actions on your on your LinkedIn in order to, you know, people to reach out to you or whatever else. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of the other resources out there that you've really found valuable as far as learning about how to effectively leverage LinkedIn? One of my favorite resources at the moment I found it, I actually had my one of my most viral sources out there is something called BuzzSumo. And I'm just going to mention that because I know I can offer you a summary of BuzzSumo at the end of this uh, call <laughs> or this podcast. So it is a summary of all the top phrases on LinkedIn that have gone viral. And just leaning into filling in your terms and that top phrases, it can turn out to be extremely powerful. I know that some people use the Shield app to track their metrics because LinkedIn doesn't quite give you all the metrics that you wish you could have. And it also gives you charts. Do either of you use that? I'm just curious. So uh, yeah, I use the analytics tool on on LinkedIn to kind of give me a gauge on how my engagement's going. So 
Yeah. I mean, I keep a spreadsheet and I know some things like that can be really powerful, but I definitely know having the analytics is nice for some people to be able to understand what posts they may want to resurface from the past. That's good knowledge. What what was your highest liked and commented post? And then double down on that conversation. Go deeper. Go give an industry update. If that was something from two years ago that you posted, maybe do an update to that. Like two years ago, I posted this. It was a hot conversation. Let's talk about it today. Like what's new in this part of my industry. So double down on your own conversations. That's not really a tool, but analytics can sometimes help you discover what that was from a couple of years ago. I don't know how this app works, but it definitely can pull up your analytics if they're gone from years ago. So nice. that's something to note. I can't think of anything else off top of my head, but those are two really powerful ones. The Shield app, and I'm not being paid, by the way, to support that app or anything like that. And then what was the other one? Um, BuzzSumo, I think you mentioned. BuzzSumo. Buzz and then I guess my last one that I, if you wanted apps, but I don't know, I'm just talking about apps right now, but InShot. I've used that for video so much, mainly because it was on my phone and I was able to go to any kind of event or thing that I wanted to and then just edit the video on my phone. So, yeah, we appreciate that. Other people that we had on the podcast, one of the things I like to ask, because uh, I'm always curious, um, is one of the most impactful books that you ever read that's something that's maybe changed your life or directed you in a direction that you're now living your life or? Yeah, I think if I go all the way back to one of my earliest books that tricked me into becoming an entrepreneur, <laughs> <laughs> I like the word tricked because yeah. I don't, I know it was written from an entrepreneurial mindset, but it was a story and it was many miles to go by, is it Brian Tracy? I think it's Brian Tracy. If I'm wrong, I don't want to get in trouble. No, we, could, we, a... we, could po we could post the link in the show yeah. notes as well. Anyways, uh, it's many yeah. miles to go. And the reason why that book was so impactful was because it was a story about uh, travel and biking across Africa. So he basically was telling a story where he was saying how he didn't want to fall in the footsteps of his friends who, when they were graduating, they were going to go bike across Europe or backpack across Europe. He was like, I'm going to like backpack and bicycle across Africa or something like that. It was just a very like, I want to be different. I want to see something different. I want to do something different. And what was fascinating about it is he turned this entire story into a business metaphor. Every chapter was a business lesson every, but it like tricked me into reading a story that um, kind of like crossing the Sahara desert was one of the chapters, just to give an example. And he said, you had to learn to cross from barrel to barrel and you could not see what was coming up and what was coming next and the horizon. And you had to just trust that that next barrel was the next location and you could not see where everything and you had to trust that there was going to be supplies there there was going to be um because your literal safety of going across the sahara desert was was at risk so it it was determination and focus getting to that one point and then he related it to a business metaphor which is truly you will get to your destination with determination and focus. But if you're driving like this down the path of your decisions and everything you want to accomplish in your business, you may run out of gas before you may run out of supplies or water or whatever you needed and your business can fail. So I was like, oh, reading all this. And I was pretty young. I was probably like 17 or 18 when I read this. So I was like, I want to go across the Sahara Desert. <laughs> but I also felt like, whoa, that makes sense. And then I created my own metaphor because I like backpacking. And that actually inspired me. This from 17 years old to 45 years old to now making a post where I talked about my next right rock theory because I have the same type of metaphor in my own brain from backpacking because I didn't ever cross the Sahara Desert. So I can't really relate to that. But I have crossed a glacier river because I've climbed Mount Rainier twice and I've crossed crevasses and it really is the next step. If you've ever done kick-stepping up a glacier mountain, 
it is truly just focusing on the next step. And I relate that to my business mindset. So that's awesome. Yeah. And, and I actually remember that story where they mentioned, because I think back, back in the day, the, the Egyptians dropped these oil drums at mm -hmm. you know, in, integrals of certain miles within the Sahara desert, because you can't have, you can't have roads in the Sahara desert because there's sand everywhere and you wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. So they have those oil drums and, and the, the same logic goes, if you keep your eye on the prize and just continue to move forward every day, if you can make the analogy for LinkedIn, if you, if you have an idea of where you want to be with your LinkedIn profile, your presence, and you consistently, you know, post on a daily basis, comment on a daily basis, you know, you may not feel like you're making a ton of progress, but when you look back a year two, three years later, that's when you see, oh, wow, this is significant. So that's awesome. And that's it really is fuel. It's the fuel that you, the barrel you get to is the fuel for your business. Because fuel is relationships. I mean, every single deal that you do, I assume in your business is all related to all the relationships and it's just barrel to barrel. It's person to person. Don't try to mass produce on LinkedIn if you have a business that does rely on relationships. So that's great advice. So, and then to, to one, one of the things we want to do kind of to round out uh, is I think I mentioned briefly, but we have something known as the CRE treasure chest. Essentially, it's a repository of resources that we have we make available to the listeners of our podcast to learn about the various different facets of commercial real estate. And in this case, obviously LinkedIn. So do you do you have something that you're going to contribute to the the treasure chest? And I just kind of wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of share what that is. Yes, I think it's relevant. It's like the treasure chest at the end of your Sahara Desert journey. It is. So you've all traveled to the next barrel right now with us. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to give you some supply and some resources. So that BuzzSumo that I mentioned, they have a huge document out there. And it, it's multiple pages. And I summarized it all into one. So it is based on that article, but basically it summarizes all the top ways you can write and start a post on LinkedIn. And, and even as simple as starting with those phrases can help your account get more visibility. It may not be immediate, but it's a better way to start because it allows you to make sense to the platform if you start with these phrases. So one page sheet, I will deliver it because I think uh, transformation is more important than information. So. You don't need more than one sheet of paper. And now you can go to the next barrel. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. The treasure chest at the end of the barrels. But I will give that to you. So I appreciate that. And for yeah, those of you do. guys who are tuning in, obviously you can download that via our website as well. And uh, it should be a great resource, definitely. Absolutely. We definitely appreciate that. So uh, tell us, how can people contact you and uh, learn more about your services? Yes, the... Easiest way to find me online is J-U-D-I-F-O-X. I think the key is the J-U-D-I part. So J-U-D-I-F-O-X.com and you can get to all my socials from there and you can get to LinkedIn. I do spend a lot of my time, my top three online, I don't know, locations you can find me circulating the internet is on LinkedIn and Instagram and Clubhouse. So I'm pretty much on those applications almost every day. One of them is going to be happening. Hap There's something opening up on my phone almost every single day. So <laughs> that's where I will reply to direct messages and you can get a hold of me. Yeah. And she's, she's very responsive too. So if you guys have any questions or you'd like to inquire about how you can work with her, feel free to do that as well. And uh, just to round out uh, for those of you guys who are listening, thank you so much. Again, you, you guys are the reason why we continue to do this. If you do like this content, feel free, please subscribe, put a five-star review on the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, we really do appreciate your time. And again, Judy, thank you so much for stopping by. And uh, I guess we'll see you all next week. See you yeah. at the next barrel. I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. New hashtag. Thank you. Great. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>